Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. You made me now very happy because I have a couple of classes who hate this format. You know, they want uh, they want to have access to a textbook. And uh, my approach to teaching is really like driving a car. I mean, you can have the best book on, on earth that show you how to drive a car, but you still have to be on the drive, uh, driver's seat to drive. And it looks like the majority of students uh, need some babysitting and... Uh, <laughs> It does not work with driving, you know, like you can't just watch somebody else driving. I don't believe in PowerPoint. I don't believe in, uh, we can write or if you go, if, I mean, I'm not that young. So if we go back uh, the early, early days in order for someone to write a book, like for a, a teacher to write a book, guess what he or she have to do? You have to teach for 20 years and by maybe the 15th years you will adopt a certain approach to teaching and you will use your students input which means solution from your students sometimes it's better than yours so you start to learn from your student and adopt the different approach that the students use to program and you compile all of that and you keep cleaning it it takes you again another 10 years to come up with a good textbook and now now all you have to do is pick some textbook out there, read them, extract stuff from different textbook and come up with a book in one year. It used to take 15 to 20 years to, to really uh, write a book. So I uh, I learn with my, from my students. I'm, uh, I mean, if I show you, <laughs> if I show you the different program I get to grade, they are all different. The uh, students use different approach and I learn from those approaches. And I hope I get a class like yours for the. For, you know, well, we future. hope we do get more professors that can come near yeah. to the way you taught well, us. So. Uh, I uh, my problem is that I uh, it it does bother me when uh, when a student or a student don't get it. You know, but it's you know you sometimes you believe in what you're doing because you've been doing it forever. It's not always true that what I'm doing is the best. You know, my approach is the best approach, but, but you get, you know, we are human. You start to, you know, get to believe in it after a certain number of years, but you you have to, one of your students will wake you up and will point to some deficiencies in your approach. And then you'll have to really adopt it. You have to take it and adopt it and move with it instead of, uh, you know, being stubborn uh, and keep doing the wrong things uh, forever. And uh, again, as as far as this class is concerned, I know you're moving you're moving uh, elsewhere. I don't know where you go in either UNF or UF or UCF. These are the three uh, schools that my, my students from the past end up going to. Uh, so again, if you need help in the future, it doesn't matter. This is not the end. You know, when you exit this course, you can still get back, email me if you need help with anything or uh, recommendation, whatever you need, uh, I'll be here. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, it's a t- uh, I like challenges. It just uh, I end up at FACJ. Uh, I used to do research and I used to be challenged by my students who are working on the same research. Uh, I'm not doing that anymore. I was uh, <laughs> I was burned out <laughs> because I used to work as a programmer and that burned me. I, I, the money was good, but uh, I, I, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> so teaching is something that I'm like hanging to it because I uh, you can only teach what you have yourself digested and mastered. But if from my point of view, if I get stuck, I will do my homework and come back with a solution. I like that, this approach. I'm not shy to tell my students, I'm sorry, I'm stuck here. I'm gonna after, and uh, remember when I get stuck, I don't sleep. That's my problem now. And that will be the problem of all programmers. Uh, it's very tough. Uh, I don't know. Uh, husband and wife must both be programmers, or one gonna hate that. <laughs> 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 don't um, give her I'm, any ideas. I'm being sarcastic here, but it, there is some truth to it. Assume you are a programmer, and your wife is doing the eight to five job or eight to six. When she's done at six p.m., she's done. She doesn't want to hear about her job while you bring your job home with you and you may actually be eating and all of a sudden you jump because you have an idea or a solution about you know you're thinking about a solution you jump to your computer you work on it and then it does not work and you come back to uh, to finish your dinner and then you go back again that's not a good life <laughs> that's not but it's yeah. it's going to as a programmer it is going to happen where you will be spending more time uh, working on a solution to a problem beyond the hours that you are getting paid for, and that's the. It's, it's you, you will make good money, but uh, you 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 have to uh, uh, know that this is gonna happen. Uh, I don't know what uh, if you go for a, a computer science uh, major, you have the, it's it's infinite, it's infinite. So uh, you can pick an area that is less boring. Remember that our, the, the end goal is not to program forever, is to be an analyst and have other people program your solution. Because it's like someone telling me, oh, I read chapter two, I read chapter five. No, what, uh, the most boring material on earth is programming. You know, because you are better read Dora the Explorer than read pro, uh, a programming book. You have to do, that's the problem. You have to do it, you have to program. You read in a programming book, again, is the most boring thing. It's like, again, I give you like a 300 page of how to drive. And I said, well, enjoy it. Go ahead, read it and enjoy it. No, you can't. I mean, it's impossible. It's the uh, same thing with, the, with, the, with, the, with, with, with programming. So again, I appreciate everything. I mean, I'm, I'm more appreciate. I, I, I would like to thank everyone. Uh, again, uh, from your attendance and your perseverance <laughs> and your work, I really appreciate that. It 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 it, it, it add more uh, <laughs> more excitement to my job. And uh, the, the, the worst thing is when you have a, a section that is not getting it. 
And I believe also these days because of the COVID-19 and people are confined to their home and job and family, it's very difficult. So you have to be very proud. I'm not an easy person when it comes to, you know, I do cover whatever needs to be covered. I don't take shortcuts, but at some point, if the majority of students are not getting it, I try to find a, a compromise, but never lower than what you need to exit with. I always add more stuff, but never less than what I believe you need. And I may have stated so, uh, so uh, sometime in the past, I said when I was hired by FACJ, so it's a whole day interview. It's a whole day interview. So they start you in the morning by talking to you about yourself and so forth. They will discuss your background. Then they move you to a classroom where you do a mock-up teaching session. You will teach. Uh, students are also allowed to come in and listen to you. After that, you go for an informal uh, interview with the president and everybody else that needs to interview you. And during that session, I was asked, the, uh, I, I was asked if I have any question and I asked them, okay, what, what do you want me to help you with? I, you know, I know I've been teaching forever, but what area you need help with? And actually they brought, this is the first time I heard the president of a university, right? Actually, uttering the name of a course, she said COP2220, we need help with it, you know? When you hear that from the president of a campus, they are in trouble. That means there is a problem. And the problem is that somebody from UNF complain about the level of student that exits uh, FSCJ. So they, they, they had issues with them. They were not well prepared. And that's what you, I was asked to help with. So I said, okay, that's my area. I have no problem with that. And uh, I used to use textbook, assigned textbook. There are only a couple of good textbooks that I recommended in my syllabus. But uh, I don't even like to teach programming with the student in front of a computer. I'll tell you why. Some people will say, uh, uh, what's, uh, are you sure you, you want to teach programming without the, uh, the student having access to a computer? Yes, I'm sure. Because when you discuss uh, a solution to a problem, the student have 10, you know, the students are really, it's like you put them in a corner, like there is no keyboard, there is no testing, their brain starts to work more. You start to run the program in your brain. And when you take notes, it adds, you know, like you, it's like you, you're practicing more and more while not coding anything. And when you go to the front of the computer, everything that you discuss in a lecture, will have been digested by then. So everything will be just a routine, routine thing. So that's why you're going to see in the real world, you're uh, as a group of programmer, you may be meeting in a room with no computer, just a whiteboard, right? And one by one, you will be outlining your solution and people will be taking notes and asking you questions. They are not going to ask you to test any code. And after that, you leave that meeting room and you go to in front of your, compu uh, in your computer and you up, uh, apply whatever you discussed. And that's the approach that you should take. If you're sitting at Starbucks, you take a piece of paper and you outline a solution and you keep working on it, what tool you need, and you put it together, you put it in your backpack. And when you reach 
home in front of your computer, then you can work it out. But again, pe uh, people these days don't believe in this approach. And uh, I believe in it because I use both approaches, you know, where we used to have a lecture in a classroom, no computer whatsoever. Then you moved after the class, you moved, you go to the lab, right? You go to the lab and the teacher will go and find you in the lab, sit next to you, give you some hints and guidance. I used to do that and I will keep looking for my student in the lab was huge in the City University of New York. So I will walk and look for my students and help them with whatever they're trying to practice. These days we have all the technology, but uh, from a productivity level, it's down. It's down because we rely on... Uh, <laughs> Remember I talk about flashy PowerPoint presentations? It's like uh, marketing, you know? If I have all the course done in PowerPoint presentation, I, I'm sure that the majority will leave the lecture very impressed with what I, I show them. You know, but at the end of the day, when you when you are by yourself, you're going to know that you didn't get it, you know, and that you need more. So I'm doing it in reverse. We we uh, I like my students to create the, the 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 lecture. I mean, so to contribute to the creation of the lecture. I don't use actually. I don't use any any uh, what do you call it. Uh, uh, I don't have a list of topic, mm. you know, like I'm look, looking at a list of topic and, uh, you know, I, I know what I need to teach. And I believe I stated so at the beginning, I teach programming by constraint. If I don't need a tool, I will not learn it. Okay. So <clears throat> it's always about problem solving. So I solve a problem in a certain way, then that way become obsolete. Then we move to a more advanced way of solving the same problem. It's like what we did with the single set of memories, then arrays, parallel arrays, right? And then lists. So that's a progress there. Then not saving, saving stuff in memory, then be constrained by losing data when you turn your computer off. So we end up saving data on a disk. That's also programming by constraint, right? Trusting the user and at the end, validating the user input. That's also programming by constraint. And that's how it's going to happen in the real world. A customer will come and tell you to program something in a certain way. And you will you don't have an idea about to do it. And then you go, you do your homework and you come up with the solution. Okay, to, uh, to do whatever they're asking you to do. Most of the time, it's not up to you. It's up to the customer. You are forced to program uh, an application based on the specification specified by the customer and not you. Uh, of course, in that process, you, you, you are always free to, uh, to propose different solution for the customer, something that is feasible, because sometimes the customers believe too much on technology and they think everything is possible until they get faced with the reality and a program and tell them, no, we cannot do this. That's impossible and so forth. Okay. <laughs> Again, thank you very, very much. And I appreciate your appreciation of the course. And again, feel free in the future to reach out to me and uh, seek help in uh, any area. At least I can advise you I have a, I have an area that I always 
believe that student needs to know, which is how to write your resume. Uh, my resume is unorthodox. Okay, I don't want your resume to be a resume that people throw as soon as they get it, they throw it because it's generic. It's like writing a resume and, send, and sending thousands of copies of that resume uh, somewhere. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about this because today's session is short anyway. So it's, there's no, I, I'm going to go back to C++ anyway. Uh, you know, if you, I have done some workshop uh, about writing resumes and the students who attended the, the students who attended the, Okay, so I'm going to start my video because everybody's showing their, uh, yeah, I don't want to be an anonymous person out there for a whole semester. Yeah. The <laughs> resumes, you know, every school has like a department that organized some workshop about how to, how to write a resume. And they all have those generic format or template. You start with the education and then uh, uh, work experience and uh, you finish it with, oh, I know this, I know that, and uh, I know many, many languages and you list the languages and stuff. I don't believe in those resumes because I was in a, I was part of recruit, uh, of many recruiting processes at different levels. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Even for hiring faculty, and if you look at some of their resume, believe me, some of the worst resume ever. I have seen better resume from students than those people who are applying for teaching positions. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, and I was involved in most, almost all of them. And the, you know the area where it says uh, skills computer skills, that section, that's where people exaggerate their knowledge. And I have seen, I have an example of a resume where the person stated in that section, I know C, comma C++, comma Java, comma Windows, <laughs> comma DOS, that's at the time when they had DOS operators, comma DOS, Comma, look uh, here. This comma Microsoft Office, comma Excel, comma Access, comma Word. You understand what I'm saying? The person lists oh Microsoft. <laughs> then, so the person is looking for what? For quantity, for volume. They're trying to fill up to impress. And I know networking, comma security, comma. I said, okay, if this person know all of this. Russia will have kidnapped him already, or China or something, <laughs> you know. Oh so God. it's impossible to know all of those things. I don't claim, if I'm asked to teach a certain subject, I say no. Why? I need to catch up with this. I need the whole summer to catch up with that topic. I cannot teach it, period. I cannot teach it. But if you ask me to teach like a language, I said, okay, if you have the basis, if you learn, if you know one language, it's easy to learn more. But why waste your time learning more languages where you can actually invest in expanding on one language, right? 
learning too many languages is like the Spanish tapas. You know, the Spanish tapas, when you go to a Spanish restaurant, they give you small dishes, a dish of eggplant, a dish of French fries, a dish of chicken, a dish of this. So small dishes, they call them tapas. Well, after you eat a little bit of each, and then that one dish that you like, you don't have enough of because they give you only a little bit. So what you need to do, you need to ask for a larger plate. You don't want those plates that you don't like. So now when you when you leave that restaurant and somebody asks you, how was dinner? Well, I got like 20 small dishes. How, which dish you like? Well, there is that one I like. How about the other one? Some I like, some I didn't like. No, that's not good. We need recommendation, which dish is good, which dish is not good, and which one you like to, to eat more of next time. So now in that section, computer skills, what you need to do, I call it the dynamic section. You may see now the dynamic allocation of memory. This is the dynamic section. It means read the ad first, right? Read the ad first and see what you want, right? And tell her, tell her that section to what they need. If someone is asking for, let's say, a C programmer, right? A C programmer. I'm not going to talk about Java and talk about DOS and Microsoft Office and so forth. It's not, there is no need for that. I know or do you know you graduated already. You know you took courses and you got 4.0 GPA, right? And you got A in every course. They don't need that. You don't want to hear about that. You are a good student. They know that. You know that when an ad is put, when the when an ad is created, you know the reason, the main reason why an ad is created for a programmer? Well, the ad is created for a programmer because somebody is complaining in that company about too much work. Mm. Someone is asking for help, right? Is that someone who's going to determine if you're going to stay longer or you'll be fired sooner? Everybody who is involved in your hiring are just doing the, the, the traditional way of getting somebody in. But then you're going to have a final meeting or interview with the people who are asking for help, either because he's overwhelmed or they are overwhelmed with their project or somebody left the group, right? Somebody left the group and nothing else. They are not going to hire you because they like you as a person or what. <laughs> it doesn't work. They hire you because they have a project and they have deadlines and the guy is going to make you sit and he's going to give you a chance. He's going to tell you, well, did you, uh, what kind of uh, programs you coded in C? And this is your portfolio now has to come to play. Then he said, hold on one second. Remember, you have zero experience. How you make zero experience look like experience with one statement. One statement in that uh, skill section. I was involved in a long-term project consisting of coding a C program that blah, 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 blah. And you talk about maybe the project you did in this course or maybe in a more advanced course. So you turn one project you did that really took most of your time, right? That you did well on and you take it with you in your laptop with you to the interview and you tell them, this is what I did. And the person says, okay, either the person said, this is exactly what I want you to do, or 
Why you are trainable, we can train you. You are ready to be trained. I'll give you a project and I need a solution by next Monday, right? So the guy is interviewing you the unorthodox way. Here is something you work on it. Please on Monday, bring me a solution. On Monday, you bring a solution and then you're, uh, the person can decide, you know, can talk to the management and say, this is the guy I need. We can, you know, we can, the, this guy is ready. This guy is ready to be trained and he will help. Otherwise, the person says, you know, I need to look at uh, somebody else, you know, uh, and so forth. So that's section computer skill. Again, if you, let's see you apply, you send it to a place that needs uh, someone with certain level of computer security or database administration. The same thing. You take that section and you focus on whatever you did in database administration, right? So I did this, blah, blah, blah. I work with MySQL. I work with Oracle. I work with this. And I was involved in long-term project consisting of creating a database, populating the database with record and querying the database. And I did that query optimization, blah, 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 blah. So what you do, you are actually targeting what they need, but you have to do your homework. If their ad is complete, you know exactly what they want. So you tailor that section, right? Uh, on what they need. That uh, at, at least, at least, if you are not hired, at least you may be one of the finalists. Instead of C comma C plus plus comma Java comma uh, Microsoft Office comma Excel comma comma comma, uh, that does not work anymore. <laughs> they, they will avoid it unless they are desperate for someone. Usually, people are desperate for a low-paying position anyway. You know, they need help here and there. But for like uh, upper level position, they are not gonna. They, whoever hire you and made the mistake of hiring somebody who is not helpful, they are gonna be reprimanded. They're gonna be in trouble because the the guy you're gonna work with, with one email, gonna get you fired. Gonna send an email say this is who I don't know. How did you hire this guy? I don't. Know. He doesn't know anything. I ask him uh, this question and that question and that question, and he doesn't know. He have no clue. You know. Even though you have the course listed in your transcripts. Remember, in some cases, like if, again, if I was using PowerPoint presentation and I was curving everything and I was pushing you through, right? And you and you exit my course with a with a, an A and somebody asks you, do you know how to program, right? In C, your honest answer will be, I heard about it. <laughs> Right? You got you got an A in it, but your honest answer should be, I heard about Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameBiv.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today.